What's going on guys? Welcome to Looking Ahead to Beto Days and I have some spectacular news for you guys. Um, first, we are bringing Ryan Holiday back. He has been with us on the, um, he was here for veterans and we did the gun reform episode and oh by the way, we decided to keep him. So now he's part of the debate team, but also he is my new co-host. So hey. me and him are going to be uh, co-hosting. Yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. Go excited. Ahead. Yeah, thanks. Excited. Yeah. Uh, so I realized that every time I've come on, I've you've asked me, you know, a little bit about myself, and I never really kind of. I always kind of just freeze and fumble through it, fumble through it. So why don't I just kind of uh, introduce myself a little bit more to folks? So um, I'm Ryan Holiday. I born and raised here uh, in Texas, um, Beaumont, Texas, little. Uh, it's not a little town. It's about 130,000 people down here in Southeast Texas. Um, you know, uh, d lived there for, uh, you know, born and raised, went to uh, school there, uh, joined the army uh, out of there just to get out of Beaumont. Uh, so I joined in 99, uh, spent a couple of years living in Japan. Uh, I was enlisted, uh, you know, living over there for a few years and I moved to the Pentagon. Um, I got there uh, September 7th, 2001. So that was a, uh, you know, you can do the math on that. Uh, stayed there for a little while, uh, till 2005, I got out of the army, stayed in the DC area for a few years um, until we moved to Philly. Uh, my wife was getting her PhD at Temple. So we moved out to Philly for a couple of years. And then just recently, uh, about three years ago, moved back to Texas. Um, so, you know, getting closer to family and everything here. So we're back here. I. Uh, Computer nerd. I was senior systems engineer at um, uh, a big cloud services company. Um, I don't want to dis uh, discuss what exactly it is um, on, on the podcast, but no, that's um, cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, so, been kind of a cynical Democrat for a while, uh, you know, or I should say, a cynical progressive voter. I I've always considered myself an independent. I never really uh, expressed specific loyalty to the Democratic Party. I just was always kind of the, the Democratic Party's the best, closest approximation to my vote. Um, I actually started off voting Republican, believe it or not. Uh, you know, I, I did voted, too, actually. Yeah, I, I was. It happens. Voted we all make Bush. mistakes. I voted for Bush twice and McCain once. So, uh, yeah, and then 2010 happened. The Tea Party happened. Uh, Republican parties just went off the complete deep end. The racism came out hardcore. And I've been started, you know, voting, considering myself an independent, but generally voting Democrat for a while. And yeah, I started uh, watching the Beto, camp, uh, Beto Senate race uh, in the primaries. He uh, came through a couple times, uh, followed him. I didn't do a whole lot of volunteering at that point. Uh, I was just busy with life and other stuff going on. And, you know, it just doesn't always happen. Uh, but I donated and I went online and I talked up a good game about him online and, you know, kind of shield for him out there. And, uh, but this time around, you know, the, he put a, he, I, and I mentioned this, and I think in one of our first episodes, um, you know, he really put his money where his mouth is and he showed up for everybody and he performed. And I think that's what sold me, especially when it came to presidency. Um, you know, towards the end there, I really saw that it wasn't just a flash in the pan. We, we've had flashy candidates before. 
Um, you know, and it wasn't just a flash in the pan. And so he sold me. And that's why whenever he ran, decided to run for president, you know, I just really I was on board and full, full, full on board. I've been helping with the social media team doing uh, I'm actually an admin over. I'm sorry, a moderator on our Reddit sub uh, subreddit uh, www.reddit.com slash r slash Beto 2020. If you use Reddit, uh, come hang out with us. Uh, I just started. I did not know you were a moderator over there. That's yeah, pretty, that's pretty. As cool, a matter man. as a matter of fact, um, that's how I saw you. Uh, you posted on uh, Reddit the first time. Uh, I think were your first episode. I mean, I think I even commented that to you to post it to go- to put it on Google Podcasts because that's what I oh, use for a podcast. <laughs> that was you. That's I think funny. that was me. <laughs> that's awesome. I've been trying to figure out for the longest time who made the original logo that I had. Yeah. Was that you too? No, I don't do I don't do graphics design or anything. Like that. Whoever I'm, did I'm, it is awesome. I fell bad because yeah. I couldn't remember who it was and then I couldn't find it on Reddit because Reddit it just did everything just disappears way down yeah, the line there the, and the search sucks in Reddit unfortunately, <laughs> but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's still cool, man. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know you were the, you were the moderator over there. Yeah, I've just been shilling on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's where I started. Because I, I, I after 2016, I got the hell off of Facebook because it's just a toxic cesspool right now. So uh, I took yeah. my political opinions to Reddit um, and started doing that. And I just recently started getting more into Twitter. Um, I'm still kind of like building my profile out there and. Figuring out the rules, uh, I don't, you know, the, some of the etiquette stuff. I'm still, you know, figuring out, but I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's just two, 240 characters, man. It's a pain in the ass. That's, that's yeah. like, I will come up with the greatest thing in the world. And I'm like, yes, this is the best shit. Everybody's gonna like it, and then it's more than 240 characters, and I can't figure out how to, uh, yeah, how to, how to word it. And then I talk right. myself out of putting it up there. I was like, no, we really, really wasn't that good, anyways. So I don't have a problem with the character limit. It's the uh, like the etiquette. Like, at what point is it acceptable to at somebody? At what point do you retweet somebody or retweet with the con- you know? Like, there are these hidden like rules about how a community forms and uh, that you know and how you discuss inside these social media that I just haven't been using it enough to really be familiar with. You know, that that kind of stuff is kind of I'm still catching up on. So. I, th- I think that's one of the the nice things about being um, uh, about having like I guess I'm almost hiding behind the podcast and using the podcast account. Like I can, I get, that gives me opportunity to grab stuff from everywhere. I can comment and I can kind of retweet people, and it not be a uh, a big deal. But if you're uh, if you're gonna if you're co-hosting, we're definitely gonna have to get your Twitter follower count up. <laughs> you know, we got we got to start there. So if hey, don't profile shame me now. Come on, <laughs> I, I will not profile shame. My, hey, my my private's only at like fourteen hundred. Um, so I mean, nobody wants to f- hear what I have to say. They want to hear what the podcast has to say. That's fine. That's, I'm cool with that. Like I, I, I live vicariously through that, and I welcome you into that. Uh, That's in, great. Into that, yeah. and I'm I'm glad to have you here. And um, to, in full disclosure, we did gun reform, and when we did gun reform. When I got off all of that, I told uh, Hannah that you know I said I really like this guy. He's really bright. I think I think that I'm gonna have him on a lot more, and I'll, I'll see what I can do about maybe talking him into co-hosting. And so like this has been a thing for a while. I just had you had to convince you that it was kind of your idea. <laughs> this is something you wanted to do. Oh yeah, well, I mean we did that gun control episode. That was a blast, and you yeah. know it's just been so much fun and. 
you know, it, it's been a lot of just the podcast has been a lot of fun doing this. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to bringing more Beto content. For sure. And okay, I think yeah. we weirdly have a uh, we have a base, which is kind of weird for me. We're, like we've had people pop up to us like in the wild, like on Twitter who mm-hmm. don't follow me. They're like, oh, man, I, I love that. And I'm like, who? OK, oh, man, let's go get on board. Let's let's I, I love you all. Oh. Let's get in and, and let's get the message out. And let's 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 spread some positivity. I know um, it, it, it has come to my attention that there might actually be listeners, which is kind of terrifying because uh, it's like I don't want people to, you know, I don't want to be feel self-conscious, but at the same time, you know, so I'm just going to pretend that they aren't out there and just keep talking. <laughs> so I don't. <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah. I just, I, I pretend I'm talking to myself, yeah. but um, actually um, your first like really big assignment before I even, we even talked to you about, I, we, I talked to you about being the co-host. Um, Ryan lives down in Houston. So he, or excuse me, in Galveston, but he, he went to the debates. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, t- tell us, uh, tell us all about that. Like, the, tell tell us everything. I do know that he did say that the Beto campaign picked up their trash. <laughs> yes, yes. Other guys, uh, someone, someone, someone made sure they shot that out. And yes, there were a couple of ca- uh, unnamed campaigns that um, <clears throat> uh, Biden, um, Castro, um, that uh, did not uh, pick up their trash. But uh, yeah, it was it was quite the uh, uh, adventure. Um, Kind of so, yeah. So the uh, the uh, the whole what we were there for was it was a media visibility event, and basically the idea is throughout the day in front of the venue they're going to have uh, you know cameras out doing spots and interviews, and they'll you know reporters will come around and ask people in the crowd you know why you support so and so candidate, and we'll all get like behind that person and wave flags while they're getting the uh, uh, interview. So. The the strategy for something like that is you want a continual presence all day because they're going to be out there all day. And that was really kind of what we did is we set up shifts. Um, you know, we, we uh, so we had people in the morning, afternoon, you know, midday, afternoon, evening, up until six o'clock. So we had probably about a dozen people. I got there um, right about like 550. Uh, and there was already about a dozen people, Beto supporters out there. Uh, there was about four, maybe five Castro supporters, and that was it. Nobody else was around. Um, so we kind of moved around a little bit. Uh, we had one area where we set up, and I took a picture. I think I put it on Twitter with all the big barn posters and the balloons and everything out there. And that was a really good shot. Um we moved down to the entrance at one point uh, where they were were there, but then the police showed up and said, no, you can't stay here. You got to go down there to the free speech zone. So we moved to the free speech zone. Eventually they set up like a barricaded area uh, where we ended up moving into. um, So we we ended up moving, uh, moving around a bit. Uh, Towards the day, more people showed up. Uh, different campaigns showed up. Uh, Bernie had a small crowd there. Uh, Amy had three people show up. Uh, Yan- um, Biden had a small group there, uh, actually uh, about six people there. And Yang had a big crowd. Uh, they showed up like at, right at the end. So 
it was one of those situations where we were there all day. We were there from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. and only a couple of campaigns were there right at the end. So that's one of those things that's kind of a low-key flex for the Beto campaign. That fact that we can put that kind of manpower, you know, we can keep 30 people there in the uh, heat all day long. And, you know, I didn't mention to this to you, Chris, uh, you know, it was hot out there. I mean, we're talking 80 degrees. When I got there at uh, six in the morning, it was 80 degrees, feels like 101 from the humidity. <laughs> like it was, it was bad, we were sweating. But being able to keep a consistent support out there was really great. Um, you know, we did our ch chants and cheers. We, uh, some friendly rivalry, like, you know, they would do it some cheers and uh, uh, like get some, one of the campaigns would get on the megaphone and start cheering and chanting. And then we would jump, jump on and start chanting. Um, so that worked out. That uh, was, it was pretty, pretty good environment. Um, so the, it was very interesting, the groups that showed up. So one of the things that I was, that really was fun to me and see was, so they had us, they had the Democrat section. And then on the other side of the street, there was the Republican section, which was empty except for like four people holding up some abortion signs and like a whole bunch of cruisers parked between us. So you couldn't even see the abortion signs. And then there was this other little section off to the side for, I want to call it the international campaigns. Uh, so Houston is the most diverse city in the country. And there were people out there for the Pakistani uh, campaign. There were people out there talking about uh, Kashmir. There were people out there talking about all these different, like, eclectic, like, I, I wish I could have taken a picture and, like, really, I should have taken a picture, like, really noted what, who all was out there. But it was just really interesting to see all these, like, international people just uh, uh, out there supporting different things. I, I thought that was really cool. Um, couple of marches came through. There was a uh, group that marched through. They were chanting, uh, no reparations, no vote. You know, uh, TSU is obviously a, a, a historically back uh, university, so it makes a lot of sense for them to be out there supporting that. And there was also a group uh, chanting about climate change uh, as well and uh, doing, doing some marching around. They, and what they would do basically just march around the block on the sidewalk. Um, you know, the, the day went along pretty good. I got, um, so the day before I went and bought this microphone and I showed up and I just started asking people, uh, you know, why Beto? And I kind of recorded a whole bunch of their stuff throughout the day. Uh, that's where I found out we actually have a lot of <laughs> some listeners. A couple people told me that I, I would introduce myself and they say, oh, I listened to you. I was like, Oh, don't tell me that. Now I'm terrified of you. <laughs> but it was great. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I did a lot of uh, several interviews. Um, uh, so we got a lot of a lot of great content on that. Um, I think we'll play some of that later. Uh, stuck around, helped clean up. So we cleaned up all of our trash. Um, then went over to the debate party, and the energy at the debate party was electric. I mean, it was a, it was a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, VIP type of people you would recognize, especially if you're plugged into Houston politics. Um, cameras there, good crowd. Uh, 
just an electric energy. Amy showed up and she was treated like a rock star. That, that was awesome. Uh, and then obviously uh, when Beto showed up, you know, the place exploded. Uh, I was actually right by the stairs, so he walked right by me. I actually got to shake his hand real quick. I told him he killed it and he looked at me and shook my hand and kept going, so that was, that was awesome. Uh, I didn't get to quit asking me. He wasn't taking questions, so he just got up and gave a speech, and uh, they they left right after because I think he had to be up at six o'clock in the morning the next day. So, you know, at that point it was one o'clock, and we're like, yeah, go, go, get sleep. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's pretty important at that point, right? It's yeah, because <laughs> I was feeling it too at that point. I mean, I had we had been in the sun for. Uh, you know, 12 hours, uh, you know, we did catch the clutch, uh, shade spot. So that was good. Um, clutch shade is always good. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, uh, yeah, that was, uh, it was quite the experience. A lot of time I tried to get some, uh, recordings in the, uh, watch party itself, but man, that place was really loud. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it was a, it was a club. So, the acoustics were more for like dance club music. You couldn't really do an interview very well. So uh, I know there were some people there who uh, I had some really good conversations with that I just, it, the audio just did not come out. So if you, if any of those folks are listening, I'm really sorry. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll try again later. And Hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> if, yeah. if, if, if we don't, if you don't hear your voice, like when you go to listen to the show, shoot me a DM on, on Twitter, or go to the website, shoot me an email. Um, we'll hook up with you and, and we'll get you on. Like, I promise it's, it's no big deal. We want to hear your voice. So if, if we, the audio didn't, didn't quite, uh, work the way it was supposed to get in touch with us. We'll definitely have you on. So I'm going to go go ahead and inter- introduce your segment, man. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, Chris first big thing. <laughs> More to come. Stay tuned. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so basically, I was out there with a the microphone. I asked a whole bunch of people, uh, you know, why Beto, and got some really great responses. So, uh, yeah, let's hear from some of those people. I'm Bill, and I'm from Dallas. All right. So, yeah. I mean, you gotta. You're out here at what is it? Six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It's already hot. We're already sweating. Seven. So you obviously got to be a better supporter. Why are you a supporter? Yeah. So okay. Um, I got involved. My friend uh, during a debate during the Senate run, and uh, he just gave me a, a yard sign to take home, and I, I wasn't really involved at the time, but I took it home, and I looked into it, and. Uh, Ever since then, I'd show up to rallies and just admired the way Beto showed up for people, like no matter who they were. Um, and it's not very often that you have politicians doing, you know, what Beto's doing, you know, just showing up, being there. Um, you know, even back to the time he served in city council, the way he live streamed everything and just, you know. Um, so, yeah, I admire that in politics. Awesome. Yeah. awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much. Appreciate yeah. it. Absolutely. I am Vanessa Burwell. I am from Houston, Cypress, Texas. Awesome. And uh, mm-hmm. so you've got a better shirt on. You're out I here. Did. Why better? Why better? My daughter is the one that told me I needed to get involved during the Senate campaign. Never heard of better. I say you do stuff for your kid. So I started looking into it, and I'm like, oh, I really dig this guy. He's so cool. I like what he has to say. And immigration is one of my 
major concerns and he's right on the money with how I feel and then um, he was before anybody else concerned was concerned about immigration and he was the first one to come out with um, uh, a platform for climate uh, change first one jumped right in there and I'm like this is good he had a 10-year plan and that's Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mm -hmm. awesome. That's awesome. I'm trying to think what else. <laughs> there's plenty of reasons. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's plenty of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, why don't you like Meadow? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, even the um, uh, if you uh, don't have money, you're staying in jail with this cash bail thing. He's speaking up again, uh, mm -hmm. uh, about that. And everyone's not. They wait. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, he was one of the first leaders on that. I remember him talking about that and for-profit prisons yes. and all of mm -hmm. that. He, he was so, very, very... So I was pleased with that. Yeah. And and even when he... We made such a big difference with Cruz. It's like, we can do this. We need to come together. And my concern is I want everybody not to lose the momentum. Don't don't fall off the Beto bus. You yes. cannot do this. <laughs> you got to hang in there because you have to stick with what's right for you, what makes you feel good, and what you know about the person. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, first name is Jane, and I'm from Houston. Lived here for longer for all my adult life. So you're out here in 100 degrees weather. Yes. Uh, at the debate yes. with the Beto shirt on. So you're obviously a Beto supporter. Yes. Why Beto? A major Beto supporter during the Senate campaign, and um, since he's announced and since he's kind of refined his policies and his platforms, he just gets better and better. And I think he's got authenticity. I think he's got integrity um, and I think he's got a there's a quality to him that's truly unique awesome yeah and it's a healing quality great yeah yeah, yeah. thank you very much Susie Ramoser uh, last name is R-O-M-O-S-E-R -O -O -E from the Paraland area okay and I'm supporting Beto just because he's young innovative I like a lot of his policies um, for me uh, the primary reason is gun violence um, uh, Healthcare mm -hmm. and women's uh, <laughs> women's rights. So um, that's primarily why I support Beto, and I'm looking forward to hearing his additional debate tonight to see kind of how um, he plans on structuring that if he's elected president. Right. I think. Awesome. Where'd you first hear about Beto? Um, actually, whenever he was in the Senate, uh, running for uh, the Senate for Texas. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Cruz. Uh, Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> My mind went blank. Yeah, it's a little hot out here. It's okay. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. I'm from right now. I'm from Livingston, Texas. Awesome. And I used to be from the Houston area. Okay. And so you're out here, 100 degree heat, holding the Beto sign. So obviously he's got to be doing something right. So what is it? Yeah, he's doing a lot right. I mean, a lot of it that really started driving me harder was the honesty and the integrity and just being who he is instead of following some kind of campaign plan. But uh, I like his policies. I like the Ameri I mean, uh, Medicare for America because I have a wonderful health care system and I don't want to lose it. You know, I mean, it's better than anybody's I know of, so I don't want to lose that. And I certainly appreciate his gun policy. I'm tired of having to worry about whether, you know, I have to go to Walmart and somebody might shoot me or go to church and somebody might. I mean, there are things like that. Plus, it's a lot. he's talking to everybody talking to fishermen, he's talking to farmers, he's talking to all kinds of people. But I guess the thing that really struck me to come down here today was something, and I know he said it, but it also was posted, and I saw it on my Twitter feed, and it said, uh, we can either wake up as a country 
or die in our sleep. And that was for me like a lightning bolt. That that's absolutely what the issue is. Thank you. Thank you very Thank much. You. I really appreciate that. Uh, Via, I'm from Conroe. Okay. And uh, so you're out here holding the sign in 100 degree weather, so you're a better supporter. Yes. Why better? <laughs> uh, transparency in the fact that a lot of his policy comes from people that, like, what people who are involved uh, in, like, industries, he makes it his policy and his ideals from what people that know what they're doing tell him. Like, it's not just like, oh, I don't know anything about it. And I think, <laughs> well, I'll do, sorry. Well, here's the thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. I'll pause. Uh, <laughs> no, it's fine. It's one of the one of the joys of doing a live shoot, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean that. And uh, for example, I went there and uh, he did a event in Senate for in Conroe, Texas. And I mean, even the fact that he came out there is a big deal. But I talked to him about property law, and uh, like forfeiture was going on in this state. And the first thing he did was, I need more information, I want to read that, and gave me the cards and asking. He wants to know, instead of just making up things that he doesn't know. I know, it's really nice, because I, I know it's the same thing, like, you know, he, he always, he never tells you what his policy is, he lets you tell him what his policy should be. Exactly. You know, it really, it really is, it's refreshing, it really is. <laughs> I mean, he's the closest that we might get to direct democracy. Uh, my name is William Kim and I'm from Houston and uh, you're out here in 100 degrees weather holding a better sign so why? Uh, <laughs> why? Well I like a candidate who's uh, not afraid to drop the f-bomb every so often right. and uh, I think there's a lot of serious issues in this country and we're not going to go we're not going to solve them by using uh, polite language. Awesome. And uh, what's your name? John. And uh, where are you from? Houston, Texas. And uh, why better? Beto, I mean, I like him because he's more of a moderate than some of the other candidates. I don't think that a lot of the progressive ideas that uh, Sanders and Warren are pushing are going to work that well. Uh, I think we need a moderate right now just to help bring the country together a little bit instead of polarize it even more. Awesome. Awesome. So what do y'all expect to, uh, what are y'all hoping to see out of the debate today? Well, uh, I'd like to see some more Spanish. And I want one F bomb at least. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, all right. Thank you guys very much. Okay, I'm Holly, and I'm from Austin, Texas. Coming right, this morning. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. So you drove all, drove all the way from Austin. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, so you're out here driving from Austin, standing 100 degree heat. Yeah. You got to be And a lot more humidity. And I'm back in Central Texas. So what would possibly bring you down here for that? <laughs> I mean, for Beto, he shows up for us, so I feel like I got to show up for him. Um, you know, he uh, was a very supporter in 2016, but then when Beto ran for the Senate, I mean, the fact that he, he came not just once, not just twice, but over and over again, and just you know, being able to ask him a question personally, you know, sure, I saw Bernie in 2016 with the crowd of people, and it was some speech leave, whereas that was like, I want to talk to you all, I want to hear from you, I want to know what's important to you, and then he came back, and he would do things like go on runs with people, and do a running town hall, and I feel like he just epitomizes a lot of, um, I don't know, he just lives the words that he says, you know, he, he, he follows up his words with action, um, and so to me, he's the most honest candidate, you know, I would like him to go left on a couple of things, but, um, 
I also I think that he is much more progressive than what some people in the media are making him out to be, you know, this time around. And so, um, you know, in 2014, he came out about he came out against tax and you know was was supporting uh, bills and things to get money out of politics. And that was before a lot of people were it was even on their radar. Right. You know why that's important and. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I would say like 2015, 2016, it kind of escalated on the national le- level because of people like Sanders. But, you know, Beto was doing it before it was the thing to do with, right, with politicians. Right. And, um, you know, you can find videos of him 10 years ago talking about immigration and these same issues. And so I feel like he's very consistent. consistent yeah. um, and just, he's the most real. He's honest, you know, <laughs> he's <kind of> radically <laughs> honest. More so than I've ever heard from a politician. He's not afraid to say, I don't know the answer, but let's talk and, uh, you know, we'll work on how we can solve this together. Awesome. So, yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate that. <laughs> uh, my name is Ray. Huh? And I'm from uh, West Houston. So you're out here. It's freaking hot out here right now. So how, how, why are you out here in this heat, like, sweating for Beto right now? <laughs> um, because I believe Beto is a person that uh, can unite the country um, and bring compassion and decency back in the White House. Um, I personally actually think that a democracy, naturally, of course, we have different opinions. Absolutely, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and but ultimately, I think we all want to get to the same place, just maybe uh, thinking different kind of routes will get us there. Um, so, Beto is the person that actually listens to everyone, and he actively listens. He doesn't just show up, mm-hmm. you know, say, hey, I've been, you know, I talked to you, but he actually listens and absorbs what he hears and then incorporates it into his solutions and policies. Um, so, and I think he is the only candidate that's doing that. And he's been doing it consistently since the early days. I mean, I've been following him since early 2017 before he even announced the Senate run. Okay. Oh, wow. Alright, I hit record. So, uh, what's your first name? So, you're wearing a Beto dress? Uh, you obviously gotta like Beto, so why Beto? This dress actually debuted one year ago today. I volunteered with
appreciate it. <laughs>
at a, a, a fundraiser in Beaumont, Texas. I walked up, I said, hi, Beto, my name is Patricia. And he said, from Liberty, yes, I remember your, your grandson has cystic fibrosis. And I saw an article about him in, or about a kid with cystic fibrosis in the Houston Chronicle, and it made me wonder if it was your grandson because I couldn't remember his name. He remembered me after eight months of meeting tens of thousands of people. I followed him. He's genuine. He has um, he has a, a reach over. He has the power to, to connect with you and listen to what you're saying and hear it. And he's working toward a better world for his kids. My kids, my grandkids, um, and he believes what he says that no one should be counted out. Everyone matters. That's why I support that. That's why I'm here. Thank you very much. I That was really good, man. Like, I, I appreciate you going out and doing that. And um, so, right now, we're gonna move right into uh, the uh, you know, the debate discussion. And we're gonna bring on the rest of the team. So we're back with the debate team, and uh, we actually have a new member. Um, we would like to welcome Ryan Holiday. Uh, he's been on a couple episodes. He was on for gun reform and uh, veterans, and he did such a kick-ass job. We 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 wanted him to join the debate team. So welcome. Yeah. Thanks we for having really, me. We are a very motley crew. Um, so <laughs> la- less. Hey, the crew was <laughs> the crew was awesome in the eighties, man. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um, Last night was the third debate. Uh, it was much smaller. It wasn't six hours of debate like the other two because we have 24 guys on, on stage, guys and ladies, sorry, um, on stage. Um, so we it was a little bit more intimate. It, it got a little bit more animated um, in good ways and in bad ways. Um, here's looking at you, uh, Julian Castro. Uh, but who who had a good night? I guess I'll start. I'll have to start. Um a couple of about a good night. Um, Oz were at Beto's Center, Center podcast. He had a great night. Um, I'm not saying that the kiss ass for the Beto supporters, uh, but he had a no. Fan- you can't. It's okay. <laughs> no, but he had, <laughs> he had a fantastic night. Um, he he had a couple good couple weeks. The unfortunate shooting. Um, he he kind of showed his his um, leadership qualities. What he's made of his moxie. Um, if one thing, he showed what kind of what kind of leader he would be as president, and he carried that that over on um, last night um, with the with most of the, the gun control question. Uh, he, you know, he did get a lot of praise from from his um, from his competitors, uh, deservedly so, but he definitely killed it with with his response. Um, you know, he's gotten some um, some some love, but we'll get to that later. Um, mm-hmm. So he had a, he had a great night. Um, Booker, you know, I, I get my jersey uh, my jersey um, bias here, but he he's consistently. I know his his poll numbers aren't haven't elevated because of his his um performances, but he consistently brings it. You know he's very eloquent. He's very well prepared. 
Um, he, you know, he put. I think he has great. His ideas are there, um, and he's good at you know make defending his points and you know kind of getting his points going. Um, I mean, I to me, Buttigieg, you know, didn't have a, the knockout home run, but he's almost like him and Warren are were there and they didn't screw up. They didn't hurt themselves. They didn't necessarily help themselves. They stayed the course. They, um, they they just existed on the stage. Know That's how I felt about it. But you know what? Yeah, but I don't think well, Buttigieg I think needs more of a bump. But he's been doing well with fundraising. But Warren is up there, and Warren is almost like she just doesn't want to buzz on to lose a game. You know, she's always consistent. She's always has her message at her rallies, at her at her at her events. But she, I think her strategy is don't don't stumble. You know, just keep a point. And, and I you know I, I've read some pundits who, and I know you're not gonna really like her performance, Chris, but. She did get a boost in some uh, a five thirty eight poll from Nate Silver, and she did you know and she just people people but people also criticized it, but but the viewers the audience seemed to enjoy it seemed to like her message because she's always there she doesn't stumble she knows, she's prepared she's also eloquent and she's just you know that force. Yeah. And I she think plays that, to win the game. Yeah, she does, but she also she knows how not to lose the game. Exactly, you know? and she's almost like she's. <laughs> this would be a weird, a weird comparison for I don't know if Ryan's a fan of the game Settlers, but she's like the person <laughs> who's trying to, you know, she's there, but she's you know, biding her time. Like, she's you know, playing she, the wheat game. Yeah, <laughs> playing the wheat game. game. Yes, she doesn't want. She doesn't want to. She wants the other people to stumble, and she can then kind of pounce. Like she's kind of lying in the weeds, and ready to go. All and, right, that makes that uh, makes yeah. sense. I I found her to be to be very lacking, but that's that's just me. Um, but yeah, Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, um, well, I mean, I am a Beto supporter, so I thought Beto uh, knocked it out of the park, honestly. I mean, you know, his, his answer on uh, gun gun control, obviously, you know, it, it went viral. So it was amazing. And I thought he had other great moments, too, especially like with climate change, um, immigration. Uh, you know, it was one of those situations where he didn't he got quality, not quantity. Uh, you know, he, he didn't the, just and I think we'll talk a little bit about the debate format and how it's set up. You know, someone who's on the lower end of the polls doesn't just get as much speaking time as to be able to hot, type in. And there's a lot of reasons why. Um, so but outside that, I mean, you walk away and his is the message that uh, came through. Um, outside of that, I think I like I thought Warren did OK. Um, if you're. If you like Warren or you're predisposed to like Warren, I think you will like her performance. Uh, you know, she did Elizabeth Warren. So, you know, it, it, she did her. Uh, and it was fine. Um, you know, if, if, if you like that. Um, Pete did all right. He had some good moments. Uh, you know, I, my, my thing with Pete is I always, he, he doesn't always have that second, he doesn't always have that next gear that uh, Beto does to really kick it up a notch and really like deliver and command a room. And, you know, I, I was really hoping he would, you know, step up a little bit and do that some more. And he, he it just, he was fine. He was perfectly fine. Uh, Corey, same thing. I thought he did good. Um, you know, uh, there was a little bit of uh, side eye there at Beto at one point. I did pick up on that, but it's okay. I'll forgive him for it. <laughs> um, so he did all right. And yeah, I think that was the more positive people. Yeah, they, they, they all did pretty well. And I think we were all uh, at least slightly in agreement on, on those. Those guys definitely kind of stood out. I, I don't necessarily, I don't believe staying the course is the best 
course of action in um i guess on a, in a debate setting right you want to be able to get your policies a point uh, across and i've never really cared much for elizabeth warren um it's just it's something about how she talks to people mm. um I, it, to me it kind of feels like she's kind of talking down to them not talking like lifting them up which i you know i'm kind of you know, again i'm biased i'm a better supporter i feel like when <laughs> yeah. better talks to me it's 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 uplifting so that's that's kind of my deal there yeah um, i keep going back and forth with her because she's um I, I like her at times and then there are times where it's just i don't know i I keep going back and forth, especially with her, some of her policy defenses. I feel like she sometimes gets by a lot on being claiming to be a policy wonk, but not ever having to challenge and defend her policies very well. And I think that sometimes I would like, you know, if she's going to be a policy wonk, she needs to be in there and do that and not just gloss over it with some of these uh, uh, anecdotal things that she puts yeah, out there I sometimes. Have, plus her strength. I, yeah. I have a plan for yeah. that. Well, yeah, about that's, her, that's, 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 she she likes to say that, and I always feel like she says that, but she doesn't actually provide any of like the meat of the argument. Yeah. But uh, so Hannah, who do you think had a good night? Um, I definitely think Beto had a good night. I think you are still getting that fire and passion from him. That is what makes his supporters so strong behind him. Um, oddly enough, I think Andrew Yang had a great night. Whether I'm buying or picking up what he's putting down, I think he, I think he looks great on this stage. Am I going to vote for him? Absolutely not. But <laughs> come on, you don't want a thousand dollars a month? What's wrong with I you? mean, I, yeah. hell yeah, I want a thousand dollars a month. But anyway, I think I just think he, I think he held his own, and I think he looked comfortable, and I think that you know, under different circumstances, then it might be a thought that I entertained. Um, I definitely think that uh, 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 Sanders and Warren kind of are just, I don't, just doing the same that they're always doing, you know. Unfortunately, I think Klobuchar is just not there anymore, which is so upsetting because I was, I was really interested at the beginning with her, but she's just she's trying to make jokes and they're not working she just doesn't seem confident up there she seems she seems nervous every time she's on a debate stage so i think she's just kind of lacking a lot lately yeah she's mm -hmm. kind of in a in a, in a slow decline, uh, decline mm -hmm. which, well and that's uh that actually brings us to the next part who do we who do we think had a bad night and I'm we <laughs> Dan you can go first go ahead well I guess we'll get into the conversation later uh, Castro came across you know a little rough um, <laughs> we all know why we'll discuss that I guess later um, we'll get to it yeah later. yeah um, <laughs> I, I didn't I, to disagree with Hannah I don't think he had a bad night I just don't I don't buy Yang's approach like oh I, I don't agree. buy it either yeah. no I agree I just really smooth he's funny like i his jokes when he made fun of himself i think are fantastic um he's likable he's very likable yeah but but you know he, he he hasn't found a problem he can't throw money at no the way exactly. i feel and i think mm -hmm. you know i think you're better off if you're going to give people money it should be for things like health care or college not for just here you go here's a thousand dollars every month um that's just a personal side um who 
I feel like that kind of that kind of feeds into the they just want some the, yeah. the rights argument no, of they just right. want something for free no. nothing something I, for I, nothing. I, I get his point, but I don't think you know giving people the money just because it's a cure. I think giving people insurance and and tuition that's more affordable is definitely. Um, honestly, I I didn't love Biden's performance. I, I'm sure most people didn't. Again, if you read certain certain pundits, say that oh he did a great job and blah blah blah, but the guy's stumbling. The guy's you know forgetting points on stage you know it's just i i think he would beat trump but my worry for biden is you know would he lose would beat another republican four years from that you know he definitely has his issues definitely has you know foot and mouth disease um mm-hmm. it's not over, over the and i don't listen he's obviously older and so is bernie but bernie is up there getting his points and you know remembering his facts and biden's just it's you know it's just it's just a wor- it's worrisome with biden but i think we'll talk about I, him I, more later that electability so we'll I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, no, I and I, I agree with that as well. Um, I just I think the the worst showing of the night was Biden. I don't know who the hell was saying he had a good night, but they 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 didn't see the same thing. I they they watched that with blinders on. So Ryan, who do you, who do you think had a bad night? Sorry um, if I stole the people from you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna put um, Castro up there as probably mm-hmm. had a bad night um, for a lot of reasons, and we'll talk about that later. Um, so he, I definitely say he did. Uh, Biden had a Biden night, which if you've watched anything with Biden, it's about what you expect. Um, unfortunately, uh, mm-hmm. so he didn't have a great night. Um, who else? I'm trying, I'm trying, hold on, I'm drawing a blink all of a sudden. <laughs> I did too, I did too We've percent. gone through so many of <laughs> them. It wasn't, it really hey, wasn't, at, at least there were only um, 10 yeah. this time. Yeah. Right, 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 right. It honored Boyd right. since she had a bad night, just not by not being there. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And, 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 Sorry, Chris, yeah. I know Chris made that joke earlier. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> and I was, oh, I was also going to say, uh, Yang actually irritated me a lot. Um, his little... I, his, his little uh, lottery ticket stunt when in his opening yeah. statement, I did not like that at all. I mean, you're taking $1.2 million of Democratic uh, donor money and turning it into a lotto ticket. You know, that's that's not right. That's not how you beat Trump. That's how you that's a marketing scheme. Like that. That's just that's the wrong way to spend money. And that kind of bothers me because um, that's not even a universal basic income test. That's just giving people money. So it, that bothered me. Uh, there are a few things he said through the night that I kind of that piqued my ears. Um, I guess he's Asian, so he knows doctors. Yeah, the, you know, a lot the, of people had a lot of problems with that. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know. It, again, it's 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 Yang Yang Gang's out there. I, I saw them. Uh, you know, they're gonna like him, but I I don't think I don't get it. We just give him the Secretary of Labor. Or like the um, or uh, yeah. commerce t- position and say it's yours. Whoever wins, he's he, he's a he's a super likable yeah. businessman, and that's great. Yeah. But it doesn't that doesn't translate to politics, right? You can't just throw money at problems, right? And um, it just it, I, I don't know. Like I don't I don't understand why that's the thing that he thinks he can do or thinks he mm-hmm. should do. And I get that people like that. But who the fuck doesn't like having somebody say, "Here's a thousand dollars, just take it," right? <laughs> I just all right, like no catch. You're just gonna give this to me. 
I feel yeah, like I should take clarify. It. I just, I think that Andrew Yang presented his politics or his his money, essentially. I just think he presented it very clearly, mm-hmm. very true to him and very... Yeah. I don't want to say professionally, but in a way. I, so, I am in no means buying what he's <laughs> selling to me. You're absolutely right. All he's doing is trying to throw money at people to try to, because that's what he knows how to do. Right. So that's I, an interesting I just, point. I just though. kind of yeah. found it entertaining. Right. So that's, that's kind fair. of an interesting point, though, because uh, you know we're talking about who had a good night, and you think about what does it mean to have a good night mm-hmm. at a debate. I mean, you know, it's you know what 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 is that what is the goalpost here? Just to get up there and look good for the camera, to have a moment and actually carry through. You know, get keep hammering your message. I think each person's kind of has their own goals going into it. Um, you know, so you kind of judge them by based on what their goal was. So yeah, I think you're right. Like Andrew Yang's goal was to, you know, I'm going to give everybody a thousand dollars, and everybody heard that. So yeah, he had a good night in that regards. But I agree with you, just not not buying what he's selling either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His goal is to remain relevant. His goal is to keep his name in the he- not in, if, even if it's in the headlines his his goal is to keep his name out there so yep. he's going to do things like go to my website get this lottery ticket for a thousand dollars a month for a year like mm. that's the purpose of it and i think he accomplished that purpose yeah oh he probably got a ton of donations of people being like yeah i, want $1, I mean not $1. even just with the whole the whole thousand dollars thing i think that i mean just by virtue of us having this five-minute conversation about him all right cut it out of the podcast he accomplished it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry yang but but isn't the goal of each candidate different based on where you are in the polls like if you're oh, yang, if, even, even beto's you know numbers aren't as high as they could be you know you want to th- those guys want to make a statement if you're warren you're Buttigieg, you're biden you're sanders you don't want to stumble or you want to look like an ass mm-hmm. unless you're biden mm-hmm. of course you know yeah and, and poor, and then, poor klobuchar who you're right hand just she looks too awkward on stage no, like yeah. I feel like she's she might have a Hillary in the sense that you know she's intelligent, she's smart, she's probably a good president, but getting that her message across, she doesn't do a good job at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's and that's that's the major thing. I think I think the that it's just Klobuchar is not going to go too much further, and that's yeah. unfortunate because I I before Beto jumped in, like I looked at the other candidates, like I still get emails from Kamala Harris, who mm-hmm. by the way none of us have no. mentioned yet. I I she mm-hmm. didn't we didn't she kind of we're we're gonna get to that in a second because yeah. I, I I was picking up on that because she had two kind of moments, but um. But that that's really really it, and that's one of the things that kind of gets me right. Everybody talks about who's gonna get the big moment, uh, who's gonna do this, who's gonna do that, and that's all media shit, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't help our country. It just helps them get viewers and get money, and that's some of the things that uh, I think it's kind of lost there. But uh, Hannah, I know you've mentioned um, Klobuchar, but who is there anybody else that you thought had a like a just not a good night? No, I mean I would have come back to. Kamala Harris as well. I think that her moments were her two times that she, well, not her two times. I mean, she consistently called out Donald Trump throughout her her speaking time. Um, but, you know, her opening statement, her whole rant on him then, and then her Wizard of Oz comment as well. Um, I think those were the only 
high points and I mean I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of substance after that from her um mm-hmm. her her biggest moment was in the first debate when she you know called out Biden for his busing his stance on busing back in the day and I feel like there hasn't really been a whole lot from her that stood out to me since then um I know I just I find it I I I find it interesting to see from debate to debate who I don't know if it's actually like changing their strategy but I find I find different candidates at different debates in different moments going I don't know if it's falling back or just switching towards okay so what I'm talking about isn't working for me so let me let me move to um, attacking the president because yeah. that's that's mm. always going to get you recognition and that's true like if if they feel like their points aren't hitting they all they have to do is go after trump and you know that's that's always going to get a reaction but at the same time um it, it, and you know what even that it might get you elected yeah. But that's not gonna do. That's not gonna do us any good once twenty twenty one rolls around. We can't like Donald Trump's out of office. You you all you did was attack Donald Trump. What the fuck do we do now? Exactly. Um, Just going and if that's your campaign strategy, then that is not personally it's me. Then that's yeah. that's kind of a turnoff to me. Like we all know what's wrong with Donald Trump. You, I don't need you to tell me what's wrong with Donald Trump. What I need you to do is tell me how you're going to fix this mess that he's created, how you are going to be, not just how you're going to be different from him, how you are going to make it better. Exactly. I mean, we, we all would vote for, you know, a garden gnome over Donald Trump. We'd get the same amount of content and substance. Um, but that's not going to be, be good for us once he's gone, and we need to be able to pick up the pieces. And you're, and you're exactly right. And that's going to bring us around to what I felt, and I, again, biased little bit but it really just universally what i've been seeing on twitter i mean the fact that even after the baits uh beto was trending at number two his um where he's talking about uh gun reform went viral um i mean he just hit the whole scope of everything his team was doing was brilliant because it wasn't just beto on stage um and you can still go to it now. If you go to his website, it is big, red, and it's a picture of, of Donald Trump. And it says, the president of the United States is a white supremacist. Here's how. And then it gives you the receipts, 81 receipts of how Donald Trump is a racist. Um, he stole some, uh, the uh, the um, uh, Elizabeth Warren's. I've got a plan for that. You know, they put up a picture of an assault rifle and they said, I've got a ban for that. I mean, that's just the the, everything that he just all of it. I mean, that that was a a political machine working in tandem along with like just full on emotion. So, I mean, like it, it was just such a huge deal. I mean, granted, he had home field turf. He was in Houston. The, the home field helps, but he also had a lot of the other um, candidates who were complimenting him. I mean, w- to be honest, they weren't gonna they weren't gonna pick on him. They weren't gonna they weren't <laughs> gonna go at him for anything like that's that would have been I mean almost political suicide. Um, I mean, 
and we'll get to we'll get to well, Castro and Biden in a second. But I mean, where what was the difference between the last two debates and, and this debate? Like, where did this Beto come from? Uh, I I I want to say desperation, in a sense that his <laughs> numbers haven't not, not in a mean way, but it's he needed to take to, to throw up a hail mary, you know, to take a shot. And listen, he is. I know I'm not like you. I supported Beto when he was obviously in the Senate race, and I, I would love to support him 100%, and I do. You know, he has that, that quality where he can reach down and pull a rabbit out of his ass. You know, with, with the Kaepernick kneeling video, um, what happened after the uh, shooting in El Paso. You know, he has that quality to, commu- to communicate his point in a, in a way where it inspires people. Um, and, he, and I like that he has the moxie to call out the bullshit to attack Trump, to not accept, you know, and not like, you know, Trump tweet, he, he hates, he hate tweets, he hate responds, better response in a coherent, you know, eloquent, eloquent, you know, a mature adult way. And that's something that, you know, I admire, think it's amazing about better. Um, so, that's, you know, I think he needs it. He needs his moment. And I kind of wrote in my notes last night, as I was watching it, a little I wrote, I said, if this doesn't give him a bump in the polls, I don't know what else can. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah. I, I mean, it, it was El Paso, really, what did it. I mean, I think ever since El Paso, he really found his voice in the arena. Uh, you know, I mean, I was just obviously a supporter for a long, long time previously, but, um, you know, so the things he's talking about and things I know he believes, I know he's always believed this, but sometimes having something like that, reigniting that, I guess, moral authority almost to, like, no, this is important. Like we can't, I, I know I'm out here and just that rekindling almost uh, of, of the campaign, uh, you know, it really kind of brought, breathed new life on him. So yeah, ever since then, he's been on a tear, you know, he's, he's a man on a mission and uh, we hit, you know, right at the sweet spot of where he wants to be, uh, you know, on gun control. And, you know, he was, I think he's really tapped into the nation in that, in, in that regards. Like he's speaking what a lot of people are like, no, this is, this is fucked up. We need to get rid of these things you know, take them away. We need to stop being afraid of talking about this stuff and stop being afraid of the conversation because we're worried that some trolls might be mean. You know, we need to actually have an adult conversation about that. And that's what I'm. Uh, really like that he's he's been doing so yeah it's it was really nice to see his performance there because you know like you said uh, Chris it, it was a it was it was a complete campaign uh, thing from the volunteers to the media party to the uh, uh, watch party afterwards to uh, you know his prep to the website um, I also would st- uh, help moderate the Reddit uh, Beto twenty twenty subreddit. And, you know, people on the community there posting and keeping the, the stuff there. I mean, you know, just it was a total effort. Right? And, you know, seeing people, uh, you know, I was in chatting with uh, volunteers at three o'clock in the morning who were still like out there talking about some of the uh, and we're I think we're going to talk about some of the death threats and stuff later. But, you know, just kind of addressing those and reporting stuff like that. So, yeah, it was very much a, a full, full press campaign and. You know, I think it it turned out beautifully. Uh, I and I, I definitely agree with that. I think it, and the the interesting thing is if you saw the Google trends, at no point 
was any other candidate being Googled more than him at That's any right. given point. They had the largest number of donations in an hour this mm-hmm. quarter. So his donations should be – they should be pretty strong. Um, and that, that, that would include him announcing for president. Right or no? No, you said this quarter. This this quarter, not this announcing quarter. for president because oh, okay. so he that would be he, last quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that the that number when he announced for president's that's going to be hard to beat. Yeah, you want to let me it. ask oh, you guys a question. Sorry, Dan. Let me ask a question real quick, just kind of because we're on the topic and you guys are mm-hmm. so, uh, Chris and Ryan, you guys are so like into the Beto campaign and all of that. Mm-hmm. And two questions: Do you feel? Is there any sense that Beto is getting pigeonholed into this, um, pigeonholed into his biggest thing is, or his, the only thing that he really has expressed any real, like, gusto behind is the issue of gun control. Like, because I worry about that, too. Like, I worry that, you know... The right. first question they asked about gun control, they they directed it to Beto. They never direct anything else at him. Is kind of what I, I'm saying. Yeah. Like, um, is that a worry anywhere? Because I, I I feel like I would if I were Beto, I would be worried about that. It's a really good question. Um, I do have felt that way, and I've thought about it, and I was like, man, that could they could become an issue. It could become a real problem. And he pivots so well. So if he's talking about the climate crisis. Um, you feel like that is his number one topic. When he's talking about immigration, you feel like that's his number one issue. Um, and um, it, it, it's not just gun control because he take, ties everything together. No, he put I, he binds it up in such a nice bow that you don't. He's very he's very hard to pin down. I get that. I just feel like in these situations because we're talking about the debate right now. I feel like in these situations, and we have my stance on the debates at this point in the race is well documented on this podcast. I think they're kind of pointless. But anyway, that is the only time that Beto O'Rourke is, ad- is addressed first, is in is gun control. Well, actually, this debate, they first directed it to uh, Biden. Did he they? Got, I, yeah, I they, missed that. Okay. Yeah, because they asked him about his record in Sandy Hook and... Um, they did. I think it's true. Yeah, so oh, I think okay. they liked about, and then uh, I think he was actually the third one to get that question, um, which actually I think that was the first thing that surprised me. I was like, "How did you not go to him first to that?" And the mm-hmm. same thing. I th- mm-hmm. I even thought the same thing with immigration too, because the uh, that's something that he's always been incredibly credible on. He's had multiple inter- interviews, um, you know, the calling out Trump. He's had, so, uh, you know, calling out Trump, calling him a racist, a white supremacist, uh, you know, he got a lot of attention for that. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to watch that uh, CNN uh, clown town hall on climate change. Um, he uh, was on there. Uh, you know, he, he killed it. You know, he, he really can speak about that kind of stuff very well. So I think if, the, if there's any worry, it would be the media trying to, paint it mm-hmm. but you know i don't pay attention to media narratives like that so i don't know how much that actually matters to people because i think a lot of people realize that the media just kind of like to spin narratives you know yeah. so 
it's, I don't know. it's all about yeah. people watching their shows. That's that's what matters to them. Yeah. And and so they they pick up on certain things and they're like, oh man, he's talking. He's been on every show talking about the the his moment with gun control, and that's actually kind of where we're going. I was we were headed to because he um gun control kind of became his thing after El Paso. Obviously, it, I mean it, it had to. Um, he was personally affected by it, and he is somebody. He's a, he's a person of action, person who's passionate about what he's doing. Um, but he has sufficiently pissed off the 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 <laughs> people on the right and some Democrats. There, uh, uh, Chris Coons came out and said, "You can't take their guns and stuff." If you if Chris Coons thinks he can't that that we need AR-15s and AK-47s on the street, he wherever I don't know where he is. Where he his what his state is, I don't care. You need to vote his fucking ass out. Is what you need to do. Because if you have anybody in your state that thinks that shit, they're they're not a good enough elected official. Because they might as well be a fucking Republican at that point. That's that's not a conservative, you know, reddish purple state. That's a pretty liberal state. And I get that, but I just don't I don't understand. Like he's saying that you know these are going to be NRA talking points. No shit, they've been doing that for years anyway. They've they've been saying it. I don't think Buttigieg has always said they're going to say about us why why are going to be going to be pushes about it. Exactly, and I appreciate Buttigieg saying shit like that. You know, don't they're going to say it anyways. Let's. Let's not be afraid to to like engage that. Like, let them say what they want. Like, they look like dumbasses, anyways. That's what I said to you earlier. Uh, yeah, just FYI, I'm Chris's wife, so we talk about these things. Just if, if this is your first time tuning in, but it's what I said to you earlier. You know, it's like everybody's concerned about these these. Uh, these Republican talking points, they're talking points for a reason because they're actual issues. Just because they're a Republican talking point doesn't mean that it's not true. Just because it's a Republican talking point doesn't mean that it's not something that should be done. Exactly. I mean, just they're right. going to say that shit and they're going to try to fucking uh, they're, they're going to try to blow up that stuff and, and blow it out of proportion and tell people that they're going to come uh, take their guns and this is where the problem really really gets in and that is with death threats uh, oh, Briscoe yeah. Kane who is a um, state uh, representative in Texas uh, what was the tweet it was something along the lines my of my um, Robert Francis yeah something along that what, what exactly was it Hannah you you had it um, oh he said something to the effect of my my AR is ready yeah. for you Robert Francis. Robert yeah, Francis. something like that. Yeah. 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 What a t- uh, Twitter took it down. Um, he's still he's still on Twitter, by the way. Um, the man, I how he is not in the custody of the FBI, um, I don't know. But what that ha- what that created was copycats, people posing with their fucking oh, AR-15s all over the place. Like it it is literally endangering people. And nobody is addressing that. Like, you can't be afraid to say the hard things because somebody might be upset about it. If, if they're if they're upset about it, they they you're yeah, and, and, and probably the, in the right right place. Right, and this is the problem. What we need to have with the debate and with the you know, Beto want, does not want to take cut gun owners out of the conversation on gun control. He wants to bring everybody. I mean, after he announced his policy, he went to Arkansas gun show, a gun show in Arkansas. You know, 
the, and talk to gun owners there. And, you know, you start finding out there's a lot more in common in this stuff than you believe, and they can be part of the solution. We can have a reasonable debate on this stuff. The, but we can't have a starting point where it's a call for violence and a call for death threats. And that's where we really need to boil, uh, draw the line. You know, this, this idea of come and take it. You know, just that statement is, you know, or what? You know, there's that implied or what, and then the idea is what, you're gonna hurt somebody, you're gonna kill somebody, you're gonna shoot a police officer, you're just gonna say you are gonna become a criminal because you refuse to follow the law and are willing to commit violence. I mean, we have n names for that and it's called terrorism. You know, it, you're saying that you are gonna become a terrorist because you, because someone passes a law. That is, that is an unacceptable starting point to have a civil conversation. And that's something that really, and that's where the NRA is responsible for because they have promoted that. And that is what the talking point that they have allowed to persist. And now when we have it coming from our elected officials, we saw in El Paso how you, your elected officials start saying something, you, it becomes a re, uh, common talking point uh, in El Paso. It was invasion, invasion, invasion. And all of a sudden someone goes and shoots the invaders. And now we're talking, you know, uh, come and take it, come and take it. We're gonna defend our rights to with our cold dead hands and you're gonna get people shot. And you know- More they, people they, are gonna die. Yeah, exactly, right. and, and they try and act like, well, yo, you're gonna be the one who's gonna go get us people shot because you're proposing this. It's like, no, that's not how this works. You don't, you know, not pass a law because you're worried that someone is going to break the law. You know, that's not how laws, that's not how this works. So, you know, I, I want to have a reasonable conversation with gun owners about this stuff, but we have to have a common ground and, you know, calls for violence, death threats, saying, you know, th this kind of stuff is just not acceptable. That's not an acceptable starting point. And, and all these guys, these Billy Badasses or Billy Badass <laughs> wannabes, when the when when the Billy police badass. show up, are they really going to shoot at them? They're going to shit their pants. Yeah. This is what's going to happen. The police are going to show up with their guns and be like, we want that. Mm -hmm. They're going to give it to them. And, you know, yeah. they've, it's... <laughs> It's, I mean, it's been seized at that point as opposed to them getting it bought back. Wow. Right now you've got it confiscated right. as opposed to making money off of something you didn't need in right. the first place. Nobody's hunting with that. You can't Can you hunt with try that? eating something you should. No, mm -hmm. people, people like to say they hunt with it. They do not. The 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 bullet hunt, shot out of out of an AR-15 tumble, it it just it would destroy the meat. It, yeah. it, it, like you, mm -hmm. it's hard to eat that. So that's that's just that kind of shit is stupid. Um, yeah, but. You no, know, it's it's it puts us in a bad spot, and it's yeah. it's unacceptable. It shouldn't happen anywhere on any side, and people are gonna die. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the, the the long and short of it. People are going to die. Well, I want to add something to this, Chris, if I have a second. Yeah, well, go ahead. Ryan made a great point. I'm not gonna add to that because that was that was a fantastic point. Um, but first of all, fuck these assholes who call him Robert Francis. He's called Beto. That's his name. That's his, that's his nickname from a child. Like just like you don't we don't call Ted Cruz Raphael. Like his name is Beto. Get over it. Um, two, um, I, I love these people who six people die from vaping, and that's terrible. People shouldn't <laughs> die from something like that. But Trump wants to ban vape, vapes, but thousands of people have died from guns in the last hundreds in the last couple of months. Yeah, we can't ban guns. We got to oh no, it's fine. It's mental health. That's bullshit. Yeah, like, oh yeah, no, no, that's you can't. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's the fucking NRA up his ass and up McConnell's ass, and there's no good reason. There are dying. 
their Dan organization, the countries in the in the uh, majority supports ban assault weapons, ban on background checks, red flag laws, all that stuff. You know, fucking go with it. Like, stop being a stop being a sissy, and do something about it. Well, when the NRA lines yeah. your pockets, but and they're not going to be able to do yeah, that they're, very they're much longer. Aren't they? Almost bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're 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 hurting, and I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna praise myself on this one <laughs> because I I cannot tell you what I did, but for some reason I got blocked by Dana Loesch on oh, on, nice. uh, on Twitter. <laughs> so yeah, uh, badge of honor. You're listening. It's a it's a bit of a badge of honor. Like I don't know what I said to her. Um, I'm it, I didn't get in any trouble, so I'm assuming yeah. that I said something smart, relevant, yeah. and well, she all, just didn't have anything to say about they don't, say back. Because, yeah. <laughs> I love that they first of all they don't. Def- I think we discussed on last podcast in the last debate debate show. Well, they don't mm. they don't support gun owners. They support the fucking manufacturers. They don't give a shit about who owns guns. They just want exactly. guns being bought. They don't give a shit. Like, and that's something that 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 we uh, we picked up on when we were watching Beto did the twenty questions for now this, and he was talking about like you have to get certain amount of monies for the D Triple C, um, from like uh, contractors like um, who is it Lockheed Martin and shit like that. Yeah. And like he was like, well, that doesn't you, you, no, that doesn't that doesn't sit well with me. I'm not gonna do that. Like that was one of those things. I was like, wow, the government contractors. Like they have to go and cater to them so that they will give them money, and that is not how government works. Like that was, I was shocking to me. I mean, it shouldn't be shocking, but it was. Um, but kind of, kind of progressing the the conversation forward, um, we're going to talk about uh, the the old man and the record player. <laughs> Joe, lower your music up there. Uh, and, and you know, and you oh, know what, Uncle vinyl's Joe, making a comeback. <laughs> Vinyl is making a comeback. I prefer vinyl myself. It sounds better than than most things. Um, so that's that. I'm cool with it. So he, like, I don't know if he was being serious because he was super hipsterish, or I wasn't sure if he was being serious because he's like 80 or something like that. I think he's like 76. He's old. He's older. Yes, I think he's 77. When he's out of touch, and you can, t- I don't feel like he's in it. Yeah, like I Biden's- think he's. So Biden's he's, only hipsterish, like ironically. Yeah. <laughs> he's not even really hipsterish. <laughs> I I think with yeah. Biden, like, I don't think his heart's in it. I don't think he wants to run. I think he feels like he has to run because you know he he feels he genuinely feels like he's the only one that can beat Donald Trump, which which isn't true. And every time he gets up there, he makes it worse. And like I saw a clip of him that came from today where somebody asked him about Guyana. And he was he he started talking about Africa. Ghana. Yeah, he's yeah. No, no, no. Guyana is in is is in South America. Ghana is in Africa, but he's he seems all over the place, and he's forgetting what he's talking about. And but it's like a progressive thing. Like when I watched the the debates, I didn't see the first like half hour of them live. Um, I had to go back and watch the first half hour this this evening and his like opening was pretty coherent like it followed it Mm -hmm. it made the points that he wanted but i have no idea what he said in his closing argument Hmm. i have no idea the point he was trying to make (laughs) what he he was alluding to yeah Yeah. i think he loses his his mental capacity kind of wanes yeah, yeah. I, I think so too. The longer he's up there, he, the more more tired he gets, yeah. and it's it's it shows. Yeah. It really does. I mean, I but if like I'll go back. I watched the uh, CNN t- Climate Town Hall, 
you know, in the middle of that, he busted a, a, eyeball, a vessel in his eyeball and his eye filled, filled up with blood. You know, it's, he's, <laughs> he's falling apart. And <sighs> as, as a I like historian. Joe, and here's the problem. I like Joe. I, and I want to continue liking Joe because, you know, I, he, he's been around for a while. And I mean, he's, you know, he's an old, he, he needs his gold watch. <laughs> and move along. And that's what he, that's where I'm at with him. Like, I like him. I want to continue liking him. I don't want to yeah. watch him continue to fall apart. I mean, it seems like this entire game campaign strategy right now has been to hide him and mm-hmm. let and just rely on his polls to do all the work for him. And and, and it's rec- mm. that's all name recognition. And he won't. I don't think he survives the presidency. Honestly, but think about it this way. Think about it historically. If you look at a picture of Abraham Lincoln in 1860 and you look at the picture of Abraham Lincoln taken like a week before he died, it's like a completely different per- person. Yeah. yeah. It, it, look at Barack Obama in 2008. Mm-hmm. Look at him in 2016 yeah. and it, it ages you. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm starting it, yeah. to honestly become legitimately concerned if he can beat Trump. I mean – Mm-hmm. You know, Trump's going to be up there. It's good. He's, you know, Trump, he, he's old too, but he can get up there and he can do it. He can command a stage for a while. You, you give him that, you know. He, he can do his shtick and yell and bloviate and do his thing. And, you know, you got to have someone who can keep up and, and match that energy. And, you know, I, that, that worries me with Joe. Yeah, it's just... I hate having to watch him just get beat up up there. It it, fe- it feels awful. It's and I'm I'm gonna show my wrestling nerd here a little bit, and I'm I'm gonna take some of Hand Asunder because um, I'm gonna be the one, the first one to bring up wrestling. Um, fun fact. Fun fact. Fun fact. Fun fact. Hannah is a wrestling encyclopedia. <laughs> just knows random things about wrestling, but like the they keep WWE keeps bringing out the Undertaker. Dude started wrestling in the late eighties and it don't just moves so slow. You it's be like, nice to him. I'm always nice to him, but it's just so mean. It's so mean <laughs> that like you just feel like he gets. It's like I don't know. It just, I feel bad for him when I watch those matches. Yeah. And the Undertaker. That's how if I feel. you are a closet Beto supporter and you are listening to this, do not listen to my husband. I love you forever. <laughs> we'll make him rest in peace. By the way, Chris, you deserve his job. Stop it, Daniel. Well, remember at, at, at Chris and Hannah's wedding, Hannah stole the uh, Rick Astley uh, line, so Hannah deserved that uh, thunder stealing. <laughs> yeah, no, she she did. She she at our wedding, she told me told that I was not allowed to do that. That she would be super pissed. Who did it? And lo and behold, she did that shit to me. I mean, she cried while <laughs> doing it because she was very emotional, but in a good way. Yeah, no, it was but, yes. it was good. It was it was <laughs> lovely for all of us, um, but yeah, and and to to the point of him getting beat up, that's gonna bring up Julian Castro, who he, he, that was like pretty much like the 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 quintessential implosion. He went after that Joe. was like the quintessential grasping at straws. Yeah, yeah oh, no, yeah. that too. Well, that's I what I thought I of it. I have a theory on that. I yeah, I, I have a. Because I, I wasn't on on the first debate, so uh, you know I have a little bit of a history with Julian. That you know it, it real he really been irritating me. Um, you know after that first debate, 
just to kind of give you some background on Julian, you know, he's been a he's been an up and comer in the Texas Democratic Party for a while, since like 2012. And we've really, you know, we have been begging him to run for a while. We wanted him to do something statewide, something maybe run for governor, raise state senator or something. But because, you know, we don't have many stars here in Texas on the Democrat side, you know, we just don't. <laughs> so, three. you know, when we had one. Yeah, we, we really wanted him to do something. So even when he was in the race, I was like, oh, great. We got another Texan in the race. I, I, even though, you know, I'm a better supporter, I'd still like to have Julian. It does help reinforce that, you know, Texas is a battleground state because we put two candidates in. And, you know, if he became elected, I'd support him because he's a Texas candidate. And then, you know, all that goodwill that everything that Beto built um, that Julian sit on the side for and didn't participate in, you know, he didn't, he didn't go out and run for statewide Senate. He, he just was content to stay as a mayor, you know, Texas, uh, Beto built the Texas Democrat party from scratch. And, and I really, I think I said this in my, uh, why Beto, but, uh, when I first, on our first episode, but, you know, the statewide Democratic Party didn't exist. It was just pockets at the time. And, you know, Beto united those pockets and really kind of built the party from scratch. So when Julio went out and attacked him on that first debate, he was attacking everything that we built, you know, because all those supporters, they weren't Democrats. They were Betocrats, you know, and, and, and there's just some truth to that. He did not run as a Democrat in the state. The Democratic brand in Texas sucks. I'll just say that, you know, you can if you're going to come here and say, I'm a Democrat, vote for me, you're going to lose the state, you know, so period. So you have to get out here, you have to put the work in and he attacked the person who put the work in. So, you know, coming to this debate and I had already, you know, he had already been on my shit list for a while. <laughs> so coming to this debate, uh, you know, I, I didn't see a lot. And then to see him attack Biden in the same manner, you know, it just kind of. At some point, it reveals who you are. And, you know, he tried to use that excuse that this is an election, therefore it's okay. Eh, I don't buy that. You know, th this isn't okay. That We can do better. We can act better. You know, we should be able to act better. Uh, you know, there's a difference between drawing contrast between, you know, drawing contrast between each other's fair. Attacking people on policy or substances issues fair, but getting up there and acting like a bully and a jackass just is not fair. That, that that that's just wrong. So you know, I've oh, been done with it. <laughs> yeah. he, he's feeling it today, man. He is. He's. You should see the comments on on. I I had seen screenshots of his comments on Facebook, and people are pissed. Not one candidate, because I asked Beto afterwards um, if they agreed with Castro's approach, and they all said no. I mean, yeah. he got up there and acted like a dick. Yeah. You can't do that, and people don't want that. People don't like that. I think, I think he just he just sank his his uh, his, so. his his yeah. his campaign. And you know, he, he if he ever wanted to run for another office again, he just blew that up. I don't think he could run for dog catcher right now. <laughs> I don't think so either. I don't think yeah. anybody would vote for him, and he's going to have supporters, um, but it's not going to be many. I had, a th but, uh, I had a theory, but I think it just kind of got dispelled that possibly something like a Warren said, listen, you're low in the polls, attack Biden for me, and you'll be VP. But I don't know. I, think I, I, I felt that way, too. I felt the same would, way. He would be the perfect VP for her as, you know, well, a minority from Texas. 
Yeah, but yeah. the problem is she would use that as a marketing tool to say I could win Texas, but Castro's not going to win Texas. Not anymore. Yeah, there's not just no way. He went, he went, as Chris pointed out, there, full douche. <laughs> a little too yeah. much to the douche side. Yeah. No, but it's just it was. Yeah, I it. It's too much, and it's 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 unfortunate. Um, they did announce today that the next debate will be in we've known is going to be in October. It's going to be in Ohio, and it will also. Um, be hosted by CNN and the New York Times. Um, I'm not exactly sure what we're going to see. I know Beto has um, qualified for it, and it's getting harder to qualify. Um, Didn't Tom Steyer but, qualify? Uh, somebody, I've heard that too. I, I have a lot of feelings about Tom Steyer. Before we, before we, uh, before we shut down uh, and, and close out, I'm going to talk about Tom Steyer. Okay. Tom Steyer <laughs> has been pushing for impeachment since 2017 when he started that pack. Mm-hmm. People have been donating to it for a while now, right? Mm-hmm. So how did Tom Steyer make all of this money so fast? Did he did he count those those donations mm-hmm. as individual donations cuz I mean like who he he picked something that pretty much everybody's going to donate to cuz everybody hates Donald fucking Trump. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, it's just the way it is. Um, I mean, I, I can't cannot mention him at school. I can't say his name um, because the kids boo. Um, he pops up in America, the story of us, and I have to literally regain control of my class. Wow. It's 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 unfortunate, and you know they're and I'm going to touch on something else because a lot of they, they race was a big thing, big portion of the uh, of the debate, and one mm-hmm. of the things that Donald Trump or excuse me, that, that Beto said um, was that we have a white supremacist in the White House, and that is becoming clear throughout this country. And I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. Um, I've been tweeting about it for the last couple of days, but it has really fucking bugged me. Um, you guys have all heard me talk about where I grew up. Um, I've talked about my background, and I think everybody, in, at least in this room, and who's ever heard me talk knows that I bust my ass. Um for equality and to have what's going on in my hometown going on, which is, is because in Virginia, um, some high school football players who went and decided they were going to go drink, um, started saying horrible, horrible things, uh, fuck in words. Um, I mean, even worse, like they're, you know, saying violent things towards them, you know, just absolutely egregiously racist things. And they think that's okay. I mean, that, that starts at home, but it goes to the biggest house that we have. It's just really fucking bugged me. It's it, it's really bummed me out because I I just try so hard to make things better and to have shit like that from where I come from is just embarrassing. And like Black Lives, they had to can they forfeited a football game not because those those kids said those things. Um, they forfeited it for. I mean, it was eventually going to be because of it wasn't a punishment. It was they were literally afraid, right? They were afraid to have the football game. Black Lives Matter 757 was going to show up, and mm-hmm. rightly so. Um, you know, it's a, it's a big issue, especially when you have a town like Bacosin that has a, a reputation for being extremely racist. And um, the the whole the whole thing with that is just it's egregious. And you know, 
and this this is going to tie back into the the people attacking just attacking Donald Trump because we can't just attack Donald Trump anymore because Donald Trump has pulled all of those people out of the shadows and the foundation of our country is literally crumbling under the weight of the racism that we've had in this country mm-hmm. and the white supremacy and it's it's a problem mm-hmm. and you know that's that's my plug I, that shit in my in, in Bacosin's bugged the hell out of me. Um, I'm gl- I'm glad Beto's calling that out. I'm glad the candidates are calling it like they see it, um, at, at least most of them. Um, but that's the kind of environment. That's really what we're up against here, and we've got to get to 2020 with a candidate that, that can that can hold it. And to to go back to Dom Tom Steyer, I think it's unfair to let to put him in. He just announced in o- August. There's no way he got that many donors because I didn't donate to him. The only people who've donated to him, I'm sure, have been people who donated to that pack. And can he use that pack money? Because if I were, I didn't donate to it, but if I did, I would be fucking pissed. Send me back my money. Give me back my $10. Um, because I didn't, that's not what I, I gave you money for. You're not the candidate I support. I support, supported an impeachment. And now you're going to, you're going to try to take my money and run on it. That's my thing with Tom Steyer. Um, I'm sorry for the rant. Well, this guy, dude really pisses me off. Um, but anyways, the next debate will be in October. Um, we will all be back here for that. And uh, before we we uh, close out, I want to thank you guys. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for being a part of the debate team. I know that we've kind of been building this as we went along. Um, this is going to be the solidified debate team. Hmm. Awesome. Um, moving, moving forward. <laughs> we, we, we debate team assemble. So uh, as, as, uh, as we close out, guys, I need you guys to remember we need to be getting um, Beto on the ballot. We can't vote for Beto if he's not on the ballot. So places in, in, like, like where I live in Virginia, we need 200 signatures per congressional district. If you can volunteer and help and help us get signatures, if you live anywhere in this state, we need your help. We've got to get those signatures. If you are in the second and the third district, I need your help. I am the lead for the second and third congressional district, and we are going to knock this out of the park. I want it done by the by mid October, right? So, guys, keep on donating, keep on uh, um, volunteering and canvassing and clipboarding and everything that you're doing. Uh, thank you so much for everything. Um, and for, you know, I'm Chris, and uh, we're going to keep on looking ahead to Beto Days. <laughs>